spent four years condemning Democrats' shameful attacks on the validity of President Trump's own election. So look, there can be no double standard. The media that is outraged today spent four years aiding and abetting Democrats' attacks on our institutions after they lost. But we must not imitate and escalate what we repudiate. Hmm. Mitch McConnell's starting to rap there for some reason. There at the I thought end. that was Kanye. Uh, I think uh, Mitch McConnell is going to, uh, as much as Trump has been diminished in history by yesterday's uh, behavior, Mitch McConnell over the last several years, and especially yesterday, is going to grow in history. I mean, he was the star of the day to me. Um, that speech was before there was an insurrection, and I'm perfectly comfortable with that word. I don't think that's overstating it at all. Uh, at the state capital, at the U.S. Capitol, I, that's Mitch McConnell before that happened, addressing the utterly fictional fantasy that somehow the election could be overturned in Congress, and and make, it can't, and making the important point: look, we can't complain about them trying to claim. Trump's election was fraudulent for four years and then do it ourselves. Right. Obviously, we right. can't do that. But we wanted to play Mitch McConnell's second speech. And I thought it was awesome. This this is like when George Bush went out onto the mound at Yankee Stadium right after 9-11 and threw that pitch to say, I'm standing right here. This is the United States. You didn't take us down. Right. I feel safe enough to do this. That was Mitch McConnell and everybody, the House and the Senate, getting together yesterday and saying, we're going to vote. Nobody's going to stop us from doing our vote. Right. We're still going to vote. We got enough control here to vote. But anyway, he gave this speech, and it's kind of long, but I thought it was fantastic. I want to say to the American people, the United States Senate will not be intimidated. We will not be kept out of this chamber by thugs, mobs, or threats. We will not bow to lawlessness or intimidation. We are back at our posts. We will discharge our duty under the Constitution and for our nation. And we're going to do it tonight. This afternoon, Congress began the process of honoring the will of the American people and counting the Electoral College votes. We've fulfilled this solemn duty every four years for more than two centuries. Whether our nation's been at war or at peace, under all manner of threats, even during an ongoing, ongoing armed rebellion and the Civil War, the clockwork of our democracy has carried on. The United States and the United States Congress have faced down much greater threats than the unhinged crowd we saw today. We've never been deterred before, and will be not deterred today. They tried to disrupt our democracy. They failed. They failed. They failed to attempt to obstruct the Congress. This failed insurrection only underscores how crucial the task before us is for our republic. Our nation was founded precisely so that the free choice 
of the American people is what shapes our self-government and determines the destiny of our nation. Not fear, not force, but the peaceful expression of the popular will. Now, we assemble this afternoon to count our citizens' votes and to formalize their choice of the next president. Now we're going to finish exactly what we started. We'll complete the process the right way by the book. We'll follow our precedents, our laws, and our Constitution to the letter. And we will certify the winner of the 2020 presidential election. Criminal behavior will never dominate the United States Congress. This institution is resilient. Our democratic republic is strong. The American people deserve nothing less. Man, I'm looking at the video of the number of people walking around in that Capitol building. It's just absolutely amazing. And I'm sure you've all seen the pictures of, you know, putting hats on statues and standing with them and all that sort of thing. How the hell does that happen? You know, and and that's fine. Honestly, that's tomfoolery. That's hijinks. But the beating of cops? Now, again, and and I'm going to say this frequently, it remains to be seen precisely who some of these people were. But the idea that conservatives were beating on cops who were just there trying to do their jobs, their, their, their husbands, their dads, their sons of Americans, they're out doing their duty, and you're going to try to beat their heads? Who are you exactly? What are you thinking? Um, um, I have more on that, but Mitch McConnell, in his first speech in the day, he said this is the most important vote I've ever cast, which I thought was really interesting because he's cast a lot of votes in his career. I would like to hear that speech, too, because I thought it was outstanding. Two wars, um, two impeachments. Yeah, yeah, um, because it was about you know the peaceful transfer of power and you know honoring that. And, um, well, we can talk more about that later. Uh, as far as who was in the crowd, we do have a family friend who was there in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Now, what the makeup was of the various violent people and all that sort of, I don't know, and I can't wait to find out. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think the truth will out. You oh, won't yeah. hear it on CNN yeah. or, or NBC, but we'll tell you. Uh, unlike, you know, Portland or Seattle or uh, Milwaukee or a lot of different places where there was not that much interest in figuring out who anybody was, there's a great interest. Secret Service, FBI, local police, all kinds Capital of people cops, right? yep. trying to figure out exactly who everybody was. And there might not be another place outside of China where there are more cameras, uh, you know, getting pictures of everybody. Right. So that's gonna, it's going to be interesting to see who a lot of people are. But we got a family friend who was there. Um, they were there at the rally, listened to Trump say, go to the Capitol. They went to the Capitol. They just walked with the crowd, and they had their iPhone out, and they they were texting us the video in real time. And mm-hmm. we were we're I'm, I'm watching it on cable news while a friend of ours is sending us text. I'm right here at the door. I'm walking in right now, which is amazing. But you don't know that friend's name though. When the feds call you, right? You don't remember their name. <laughs> but this person is not Antifa. They are full on Trump supporter, oh, and they oh, were and they, and they were uh, ta- and they were looking up at the top of the building, holding their phone up, and looking at people replacing American flags with Trump flags. 
and saying, what a great day for America this is. Wow. Taking U.S. flags off of the U.S. Capitol and putting up an individual's flag. I don't care if it's Trump or Obama or whoever. That's not what we're about. Right. We're not the United States of a person. Replacing U.S. flags with Trump flags, and I know for a fact, at least some Trump, so the Trump crowd thought that was freaking awesome. Oh yeah, I get that. that I understand. Is so that. awful. So I, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I understand it. Uh, to the question of who was doing what there, as any uh, righteous civil rights protester can tell you, and they've been out and and, and public about this, uh, angry. White anarchists have taken over our demonstrations, and they're the ones doing the violence to a large extent. I mean, there are plenty of righteous. Now, I might disagree with their analysis of what happened in the various incidents with the cops and the rest of it and what ought to happen, but there were quite a few peaceful, righteous civil rights protests that were taken over by Antifa, and the violence came from those people. So I don't I don't doubt for a single second that hardcore out of their mind Trump supporters perpetrated plenty of violence and, and mayhem yesterday. But there were also leftist agitators. Well, we got so a, we'll sort it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're, 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 well, we can't accept any of it. Political violence. I don't nope. care what your theory is. I don't know if you're sane, crazy, whatever it is. Doesn't make any difference. You don't get to do it. Buildings or people. Um. But the poor woman that was shot dead yesterday. Her beliefs and a lot of the crowd that was there, the whole QAnon thing, it's it's an interesting coincidence that I was mentioning at the end of the show yesterday, the phrase that showed up in all her tweets, Um, uh, some of the language that you might not recognize about uh, that crowd, the QAnon crowd, and the, the storm that they thought was coming yesterday. What is the storm? Do you know what the storm is? They thought it was happening yesterday, January 6th. Right. It was um, the day of the insurrection. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we got a lot more on that on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If we continue down this road of culture war on the left, you know, storming the Capitol, uh, I figure we will be a failed party in the not-too-far future. That's a Republican uh, rep, Adam Kinzinger, who I didn't know of Illinois, saying the Republican Party will fail. This tweet just came across from a Sarah Isger of the dispatch. Uh, yeah, tweeted yesterday, the Republican Party was founded in Wisconsin, March 20th, 1854, to oppose the spread of slavery into the Western territories. Today it ended on the steps of the U.S. Capitol. And I wonder where the Republican Party is. I was actually thinking as I was taking all this in yesterday, and I wonder what one Joe Getty thinks. Mm. Uh, is this the lowest point in the history of the Republican Party? Certainly the lowest since the day Richard Nixon resigned. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's probably about right. Well, you got to combine a couple of things. Obviously, the insurrection of the U.S. Capitol with the the sitting Republican president egging them on, with losing both Republican seats in Georgia happening while that was occurring. Yeah, I'm much more optimistic than some about the uh, the um, ability of the party to heal itself. Though I don't, I don't think Sarah. I think Sarah Isger was whipped up in the emotion of the moment. I think that's a little silly, honestly. Um, 
there are many voices, many powerful voices, many eloquent and, and really worth listening to voices in the Republican Party saying, all right, enough is enough. we got to get back to sanity now, please. I think they'll be largely successful. And part of the problem, well, well it's an opportunity for the Republicans. It's a problem for the country is that we just have two parties. And the Democrats are so screwed up. Let's not let that go by the wayside. No, but be- before yesterday, uh, the latest from Gallup was 25% of people are willing to call themselves Republicans. 25% of America. That's weak. That was before yesterday. Yeah. What is it going to be two weeks from now? But what's it going to be two months from now and, and eight months from now? That's well, You have to... Yeah, <laughs> I take a long view of these things, Jack. Um, yeah, the, the trend is not a good one. Um, it's absolutely not a good one, and it's longer than than even Trump. I remember we did an, adv- uh, an event uh, in the Seattle area with uh, Michael Medved, among other people, and one of the questions was, "What's the what do you think the state of the American uh, the Republican Party is?" And uh, I said, "I think it's in trouble. I think it's forgotten its principles. It's soulless. It's uh, pandering. Blah blah blah." And Medved is like, whoa, <laughs> come on now. We have this number of state houses, this number of governors, this number of blah, blah, blah. I think the Republican Party has never been stronger. And I thought, okay, all right. If you say so, looks a little hollowed out to me. But, you know, pronouncements I don't care on, if the party goes away forever. No, I don't care either. You die today, be fine with me. Start over with something new that maybe has something to do with fiscal cons- uh, conservatism and you know and, and rule of, of law, which we didn't see much of yesterday. Yeah, oh yeah, we'll see. Uh, but again, I take kind of a long view of these things. There, you know, you live through enough giant historical moments, and you realize that yeah, it changes things some, but it needs to change a lot. Um, this poor woman that got shot yesterday. Um, I don't feel any need to say her name, even though it is everywhere. Um, she had a Twitter page that is still up, and so you can get an idea of what she was all about. She was she was a peaceful human being, uh, by uh, you know any measure you can come up with. Air she, Force vet, right? Yep, and mm-hmm. uh, showing up to all the Trump rallies and all that sort of stuff. But she was a QAnon person, there's no doubt. She had uh, dozens and dozens, twenty one tweets referring to the QAnon slogan that I mentioned at the end of the show yesterday. Coincidentally, if you hadn't heard it, if you see a T shirt or a bumper sticker or whatever that says WWG one WGA. That's a QAnon slogan. Where we go one, we go all. And she had many, many tweets referencing that. And on uh, the day before she died, which was, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, she had tweeted uh, references to another QAnon slogan, dark to light, and said the United States would soon see the storm, which in QAnon language is a moment uh, awaited by QAnon followers in which Trump would execute his opponents. Um... Great Scott. That are involved in the the whole, you know, the opponents are part of the whole child pedophilia ring that the whole world is into, Republicans and Democrats, and only Trump can stop it, that whole whole thing. Right. Yikes. Um, And she appeared to believe, based on her tweets, and I've gone through her Twitter feed uh, that did last night, I was actually kind of interested, as she is a San Diego person, if she is a regular listener of ours, she certainly might have been. We have people that were following her that follow us. And that sort of thing. Uh, but she appeared to believe, like a lot of the QAnon people, that the apocalyptic moment was at hand yesterday. Listen to this, would you? This is Al Anonymous in the middle of the country who wrote us this email two days ago. Okay? Before yesterday. Uh, as you know, I am the Trumpiest of Trumpsters. 
but I'm now considered a liberal by my old friends because I have no interest in taking up arms. I have no intention. I run in pretty conservative evangelical circles, including people that have close connections to the current administration. These people fully believe the election was stolen, fully believe with 100% certainty that Trump will be the president on January 20th and beyond. Now they're calling on Tom Cotton to step down or be primaried by real conservatives, fueled by Todd Starnes, who we know, and other names they trust. They These are not backwoods Baptist preachers in 15-member country churches. These are pastors with high educations from accredited universities and churches several thousand members. Fortunately, I view politics as a sport. I absolutely have a side, but I don't get hugely invested. These people are ready to take the lives of fellow Americans, or at least whip people up to do it. It is insanity. Well, These are people he knows. Well, one of the tweets from Babbitt, one of the last tweets of her life, they can try and try and try, but the storm is here, and it's descending upon D.C. in less than 24 hours. Dark to light. It's it's very, very much, obviously, I'm not a genius for figuring this out, uh, like a religious thing. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's it's a, you know, the, the day has come. All the earmarks. Absolutely. And Trump is the figure? Yes. Wow. It's interesting. Yeah. I like the, you know, his judges and his taxes and the fact that he was taken on China, but right. not a religious figure. Uh, no, not even that great a real estate guy. Come on, everybody. But, you know, some people can't be reached. If you know more about it, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. But if you're thinking of killing your fellow Americans or even hurting them over politics, stop it. Stop now. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What a terrible day it is for America. I never, never thought I would see Americans scaling the wall to attack the people's house, the Capitol. So if, you, if you're thinking about moving to a narco state or a banana republic and you wonder what it's like, today was a good idea of what it would be like. That is not America. That is not this idea of America. We're a nation of laws. We're not a, la- a, a nation of people who attack law enforcement officers uh, uh, trying to accomplish a goal that was never going to be accomplished in the first place, Martha. This was always a fool's errand. So, so, so why people are surprised that Mike... Pence did exactly what the Constitution calls him to do. Um, I'm surprised that they're surprised. Well, they're following a leader, and the leader said, look, this election was stolen from you. And he continued to say it while people were storming the Capitol. He didn't even back off it then. We got this tweet that was kind of funny. I'm no longer impressed that Nicolas Cage managed to steal the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. That was fanciful in the movie, but now I realize, hey, you can walk in and sit at the Speaker of the House's desk, rifle through her drawers if you want to. You can stand at the podium where Mitch McConnell stands in your bear outfit or whatever that guy had on. You stand on a podium. You stand behind electors. Sean, give it up. Give it up. (laughs) Um, So, uh, uh, right, right. Uh, Jack, I wish you had done it and done your Mitch McConnell, (laughs) because that would have been really, because your Mitch McConnell's really good. In the horns and the bear outfit? Well, I'm standing here. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) the theme of this morning, if you're just tuning in, is there were a lot of factors that went into yesterday, and they're not all Trump. They're not all right-wing lunatics, although those two factors absolutely did factor in. And we will get to that. We'll get to all of that. We'll paint the whole picture for you. But first, we want to talk to 
Casey from the Sacramento area in California, who were told uh, decided to go to drive all the way to D.C. to be part of the rally. Casey, hey, how are you? Good morning. I'm I'm tired. Yeah, I'll bet you are. So why would you decide to drive 3,000 miles roughly to go to this uh, event? Uh, you know, the Lord, the Lord told me to be there. I saw his tweet, and that in of itself wasn't enough, but I just felt uh, compelled to be here. I'm mystified by what you just said. The Lord told you to be there. You mean Trump, or do you mean God is talking to you and told you to go to the Trump rally? And I'm not trying to be a smartass. I just I actually didn't sure, understand no, what you, you said. Know, no, it's not. It's not like uh, I heard words or anything. It was just it's a feeling. It's like when you're okay. hungry and you're like, I'm gonna have a burger because that's what I'm gonna have. Okay, I get it. Well, no, I, I I feel like God tells me things to do too. I so no, I'm fine with that. I just didn't know if you meant Trump because some people mean Trump when they say that. Um, so so that's what motivated you to go, hoping to accomplish what? To bear witness. I wanted to. I wanted to be here to bear witness, and I I felt like it. I needed to be here to to see it myself and. After having spent the entire day here with all the communication shut off, nobody could text to each other. Nobody could, uh, we could barely get a phone call out of here. They they basically shut down communications with us. And when I finally got that, my before car, on the be, news, before people stormed the Capitol, you couldn't even text or after. Correct before. Wow. Before when we when we were still down listening to Trump speak, people were like, "Is your phone working? Is your phone working? Is your phone working?" Huh. Uh, all through the march, it wouldn't work. All up in front of the Capitol, it wouldn't work. Um, so when I got back to my vehicle last night and turned on the radio, I was a little bit surprised to hear the way they were reporting it. Really? So, well, you know what? Well, why not? So you were not a witness to any of the violence or the busting into the Capitol or anything like that? I was right up at the front. I was on. I was. I was five people back when when the police were being pushed back up onto the promenade, and I watched people smash the windows out um, oh, okay so i was right there oh, okay so I didn't, I didn't jump into the building right um, why were you surprised at how it was reported then it's not that it was reported it's how it's being reported the, the way it's being reported in the media is is if you weren't here you you think that the capitol building is still on fire but uh, you know two windows got smashed out and then they shot a girl Okay, so uh, you said you wanted to go there and bear witness. If you were to summarize, you know, the message you were trying to send, uh, what was it? Um, I'll tell you, I, I surely don't trust the media. Um, well, or, if you do, you're a fool. <laughs> I think that it's important for people to turn off their TVs and go see these things for themselves so that they can see what is actually happening. Interesting. Because um, the TV is just lying. Sure. I think it's important to get this on because I think this is going to be an ongoing conversation of who was doing the most violent stuff. Because we've seen, you know, a lot of, uh, you know. The police uh, started the violence. So the, 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 I, I understand that they were, that they, that they were concerned. There, there were literally thousands of people encroaching on them. And meaning pushing them, pushing them backward not, and disobeying their orders? Not initially. They, okay. None of that started until the police started using their pepper spray and gas bombs. Yeah, these things uh, are always very difficult, as I've watched a lot of videos of a lot of BLM things and everything like that. It's just, you know, uh, but but that aside, I want to get to this. So you were in the crowd that was trying to get the people to stop breaking the windows. 
everybody in the crowd was trying to get the people to stop breaking the windows. They started smashing on the windows, and the entire crowd started yelling at them to stop. We're not these other groups. We don't do that. This is our house. We're not here to break our house. We're here to make sure they hear our voices. I think that's fascinating because we've seen that over and over with the BLM protests with a lot of them where you got the, 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 the actual peaceful protesters in the streets screaming at people, why are you breaking those windows? Stop it. Mm-hmm. So this is well, something. It got to the point where a girl ran over and grabbed one of these guys and pulled him down to the ground to make him stop. But and, he got back up and started smashing the window again. And she had the support of the crowd, not the, not yes. the vandal. Correct. That's really interesting. That is something you will definitely not hear reported anywhere at any point. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that's crazy, Casey. Uh, anything else that we ought to know from your experience before we let you go? You know, there was a lot of pushing and pulling. There, the 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 people who were up at the front of that line were in constant communication with the Capitol Police, and they had come out to, prior to the windows being broken and just saying, "Hey, we have talked to these guys. If we just hold our line and we just hold our line and we just stay here and we just stay here and make sure that they hear us." They won't pepper spray us. They won't attack us. They won't hit us. They won't arrest us or drag us out. Uh, that's when the agitators with the hammers that they pulled out of their pockets started smashing the windows. Interesting. Uh, so finally, Casey, did, did you go there thinking Mike Pence could somehow do something to change the result of the election? I didn't come here with any kind of preconceived notions of any of that sort. I yeah, came okay. here to, to bear witness. Right. Casey, we sure appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks. Uh, thanks for talking to us. Certainly, thank you. All right, yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah, it is interesting because we, you know, we've been seeing this a lot, and and everybody's been wondering: is it the fringe of uh, you know Black Lives Matter or the Trump crowd or whatever that starts smashing stuff, or you know, is it the the, the, the anarchists who just want to bring down society that show up to any of these events? And Every start protest. Every protest. Right. And start smashing stuff. Yeah. And actually, who was smashing what and for what cause will be, will become more clear. I am, as always, disgusted and angered by the, the blatantly biased and, and just dishonest news media coverage of these things. We're trying to give you the full picture, uh, to that effort, uh, or to that end. We'll, uh, we'll keep going in the next segment. So stay tuned. Won't you? A quick word from our friends at Simply Safe. Everyone wants to keep their home and family safe from break-ins, fire, flooding, mobs, medical emergencies. Simply Safe Home Security delivers award-winning 24-7 protection. Yeah, simply. What, what is simple about it? Well, setting it up is simple. It takes about 30 minutes and you do it yourself. Uh, operating the system. I've seen some very, very complicated security <laughs> systems. With lots of menus and it takes forever to set them up. Uh, not simply safe. Monitoring your home 24-7. Ready to, ready to send help the moment there's an alarm. And it's easy to get into the contract and simple to get out with simply safe. Yeah, there are no long contracts. There's no installation fee. You get an arsenal of cameras and sensors, the best monitors in the business, and none of the downside of traditional security. So just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You get a 60-day risk-free trial. Nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong and you get a free security camera thrown in. For being our listener, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So I fully believe there were outside agitators that got nothing to do with Trump that there were there to, to, to make mayhem. Check. I also know for a fact, personally, that there were uh, plenty of people that are full-on Trump supporters that were there uh, uh, also and happy to see and were happy to see what was happening. True. I know that for a fact. I've seen the video with people I know. Um 
But regardless of that, Trump was aware that the Capitol was under siege. We had no idea to the safety of the second and third in line to the White House at that point. We didn't know if these people had guns or bombs or whatever. And Trump tweeted out, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what he should have done to protect our country and our Constitution, giving states a chance to certify and talked about his landslide win. That, that is bizarre. It's unconscionable. It is absolutely an impeachable offense. It's unhinged. It, I think it's a 25th Amendment thing. It's a, you are fanning the flames of people taking over a capital, and, and, and if not directly, certainly by, um, uh, by all indication, threatening the health and safety of our, all our elected people. Let's play clip number 44 in which, in which Jonathan Turley, who's defended Trump over and over and over again, including in the impeachment in the Senate, uh, has his thoughts on the president's behavior yesterday. I think this has truly left any legacy that existed in tatters. The president was incredibly reckless today. His, his rhetoric has been the subject of criticism for four years. But today was a particularly low point. There was a presidential moment, but it was a vice presidential moment. It was the moment that Pence had when he sent that letter and defied President Trump. I don't think there's ever been a lower moment for the presidency of the United States. And that's going to take a long time to repair for the office. I don't think it will ever be repaired for President Trump. You know, boy, we were we were mocking Carl Bernstein's the worse than Watergate yesterday. Yeah, I think I agree with Jonathan Turley. I don't think there has ever been a lower moment for the presidency of the United States. Just in case you don't know this, and you know us, all right. There's nothing Mike Pence could have done yesterday if he wanted to with every fiber of his soul, even if he had superpowers or could shoot webs out of his wrists. There was nothing. (laughs) That'd be cool. There was nothing he could do. What Trump was talking about is pure fantasy. He's on. He's become unhinged. Sorry. So telling a violent mob that this guy could save the country because an election was stolen. This guy could save the country, but didn't. How is that not just saying, go in and get him? I'm astounded. As Congressman Tom McClintock put it, I'm so angry at the president's behavior yesterday, I don't even want to comment yet. Speaking of other people who have defended President Trump at every turn, uh, Senator Tom Cotton. You remember, he's the one who wrote the op-ed that said, send in the, the troops. To Portland and and, and, and uh, Milwaukee and these various places, mm-hmm. and the New York Times wouldn't run it. He came out yesterday and said the president needs to call this off. Basically, he said the president needs to concede. He needs to stop misleading the American people, repudiate mob violence, and the senators and representatives who fanned the flames by encouraging the president and leading their supporters to believe that their objections could reverse the election results should withdraw those objections. I don't think there are, and he's been an ally of the president's through the whole thing. Right, right. Uh, it's, it's amazing. One final thought. We need to take a break, and I'll expand on it next segment. We 100% must take back control of voting in this country. Quit with the fast and loose COVID-era, wild, woolly, anybody can fire out a million ballots and who knows who's mailing them back and people are collecting. We need to end that now or the republic will fall. 
some of the doubt over the election is Looney Tunes. A lot of it is not. A lot of it is reasonable concern that the voting got fast and loose. We'll talk about that and much more to come. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 9-11 is the only other time in my life where things were as surreal as yesterday, where it was just really hard to keep reminding yourself that this was actually happening. It was so strange. It was. It was. It was. And frantic. I was with uh, various working people and contractors and stuff, and uh, we all just were looking at our phones, trading headlines and saying, oh, my God, oh, my God. Well, the picture I just saw it up on the TV, the picture from inside the chamber Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States, where that guy comes through the doors from yeah. the State of the Union. The picture with the glasses smashed and those angry faces in the window and then the guys on the other side with their guns pointed at them. Mm-hmm. I thought there's going to be hundreds dead at the end of the day. The fact that there was only one is amazing. Everybody's reporting it's four, although three were health-related yeah. around the Capitol. The, but they're trying to make it sound as exciting and deadly as possible that's for That's a you. weird new trend. No. The news sucks. News media's Which fits into what we're about to talk about on how this has grown over time. Um, We're assuming you can handle all the nuances of this whole conversation. Yes, Trump did stoke the violence yesterday and did unconscionable things. But this has been growing for years and people have been putting up with it. What did you think was going to happen? Mark Stein on Tucker Carlson last night. You know, I spend a lot of time in uh, Northern Ireland. That's uh, Protestants and Catholics, loyalists and Republicans. I spent time in Mostar in Bosnia, Herzegovina, that's Christians and Muslims. And it's always interesting to me that people are surprised when a tactic that's proved effective for one group of people is then suddenly taken up by other people of whom they don't approve. And so I've listened to all this blather for whatever it is, six or seven hours now, where people are saying, starting with the vice president down, oh, this is not who we are. Have you switched on a TV since Memorial Day? This is exactly who we are. Right. Uh, so it's okay. It's okay to burn Wendy's in Atlanta. It's okay to loot Macy's. It's okay to incinerate a precinct house in Minneapolis. It's okay to set up the Chaz Chop Autonomous Republic. Uh, but uh, but suddenly you expect the capital of the United States, the uh, United States Congress, to be immune from this? That's completely preposterous. He goes on to say, so we're supposed to take history and the majesty of the Capitol seriously. Now, uh, Nancy Pelosi told us she didn't care about old statues. Mitch McConnell said he didn't care about the names of military bases. So suddenly this old building uh, is is important now. You can't have that. There's been a complete uh, collapse of equality before the law now uh, for ever since the COVID began. Basically, there were some groups that have enjoyed the license to go out and loot and burn every night in American cities. And the more they are not subject to any laws, uh, the more onerous the burden that falls upon the law abiding so that they can't go out and open their hair salon. They can't have granny round for Christmas dinner. So we've got a completely bifurcated system uh, where the less law that applies to one group, the more micro-regulated the lives 
of the other group are. And at some point that has to give. And whoever is behind this, uh, to a certain degree, that gave uh, today in Washington. I think he is right point by point. Particularly him talking about he's seen this in other countries. And one side does it and sees that it works. It works. It gets them attention. It gets other people on their heels. And so then your side does it, and it keeps growing. And was yesterday worse than the others? Yes, it's an escalation. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of the problem. If you allow it in the beginning, it's going to grow and grow and grow and grow. Well, and he left out the greatest, most horrific example of all, it it being political violence, being permitted 135 nights in a row or yeah. whatever it was in Portland. Right. So this is not who we are. What are you talking about? Part of that is the media doesn't care. Nancy Pelosi doesn't care if it happens in Minneapolis or Atlanta or St. Louis or Portland or Seattle or San Francisco or wherever or L.A. They don't care. If it's not New York or D.C., it doesn't matter. But it does matter. People all over the country got the message. Political violence is now permitted. How could you miss that? Those people didn't get to do what they did yesterday. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. But you don't get to tear down a statue in the middle of the night in a park in your city either. No. No. None of this stuff is okay. Can we get back to that being not okay? How long will it take? I wonder. Uh, people's ability to forget what they've learned is nearly instantaneous, and whether we see widespread condemnation of political violence from the left uh, after today at noon, uh, well, I'm, I'm not very confident. A lot more on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty.